This episode of 43 Feet was recorded in February of this year, and so some of the references to dates and even positions within F3 Nation are dated, but don't let that throw you. The topic generally is the jester, uh, but there's some vulnerability shared on this episode that I, I really hope will speak to you and, and will be helpful in some way. Thanks for joining me as we clear the next 43 feet. Leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It's dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disruptive. It will test everything about who you are. Unfortunately, as a leader, you're out front, which means you usually only get about 43 feet of good road built for those following behind you while you're running the race yourself. Welcome to the 43 Feet Podcast, where each week you'll hear from some of the greatest leaders we can find both in F3 and beyond. If you're going to lead, you'll need to be ready for the difficult challenges, for what lies ahead in the unknown, for what's lurking in the next 43 feet. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, probably mostly gentlemen, but uh, to another episode of 43 Feet. Um, the podcast where we try and kind of stay ahead and uh, vision what's coming next and, and hopefully give some insight into, cause my 43 feet looks a little different than, uh, than my guests, 43 feet, uh, which probably looks a little bit different than your 43 feet. What's next for you uh, might be a little bit different than all of us. So uh, as always, I am joined by my uh, partner in crime, Matt Crossman, uh, F3 Ralph out of St. Louis. Morning, sir. How are you? Uh, very well, sir. I'm very well. Uh, Ralph has, uh, we've recorded a number of these over the last few days and he has not yet said, I'm sick of seeing your face. So we continue. You might, you might <laughs> also joining us this morning. You might ask my wife what we talked about last night, but never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's between you two. Um, but uh, also joining us today uh, on the podcast is uh, my friend Steve Schaefer, uh, F3 GMO out of St. Louis. Um, Steve is the current Nantan there in St. Louis, and they are going absolutely bananas, uh, growing, and just uh, a region on fire, uh, if you will. Just super acceleration happening out of there. Uh, he attributes that to Grow Ruck. Um, I naturally attribute it to my superior leadership in that Grow Ruck. Uh, no, just kidding. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in right there if he thinks it's about. Yes, it's a little bit about Grow Ruck, and he's. I don't care if he gets mad at me for saying this. A lot of it is because of GMO, that he is a magnet that just attracts men like crazy, and he lives out F three like nobody I've ever seen. So yeah, Grow Ruck's important. This is important. That's important. But so is the leadership at the top of our uh, region. Amen. Well, so, hey, we could end the podcast right there. Good night, everybody. Boom. All right, mic drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's true. And, and that's, you know, and this isn't uh, not pointing a finger at anybody in a bad way or anything like that, but it really does make a difference uh, who who the guy is uh, and, and having that guy at the right time um, to do those things. And 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 it speaks a lot to um, knowing your role and knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then allowing uh, the right things to happen independent of you. Um, and that's a, that's a tough thing to do, but, uh, GMO does it well. Um, and speaking of the right guy at the right time, the guy who launched, uh, Naperville, Illinois is also, uh, on the call with us here or the, uh, it's not even a call. What's that? What am I? C-SPAN? 
the crap is that? <laughs> but on the podcast with us today, because we're on a Zoom call, I guess that's how I, anyway. Uh, but Fib, Fib, Patrick Kathman, F3's Fib, also the weasel shaker for the nation and former Nantan of Naperville, Illinois, uh, joining us as well. Uh, and, uh, and Fib, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So we were talking a little bit before we got started about uh, the fact that that FIB and GMO kind of come from a, a little bit of a similar background uh, in, in some supply chain kind of stuff and technology kind of stuff. Um, Steve right now works for Bayer Crop Science and does digital transformation uh, for them in that supply chain. So coming up with new and inventive ways of uh, streamlining processes and, and stuff uh, to make uh, your crops better. Uh, I know that's this is not their... Uh, tagline, but it was somebody's tagline. I think it was BASF, and I really liked it. Uh, or maybe it was 3M. I don't remember now, but they uh, they said, you know, better living through science. Yep. Yeah. So, right? That's that's what you're getting there. Better living through science. Uh, and FIB, uh, where he came from supply chain background, now does uh, retained executive search. Uh, and so that means he... So all you C-level uh, guys out there that are looking for a place to land, give FIB a call, right? Because uh, he'll find you someplace. But that's what he does now. And of course, we all know that Ralph uh, is the genius behind uh, many of the, the marketing pieces and things that we've seen on a national level, because he is a writing genius um, and uh, has brought to bear a lot of things for F3 Nation uh, in terms of raising our national profile and and getting the word out there we still even today uh i i, I get requests that come through uh on the website and other places like that where they're still like i read this men's health article and and i decided to check it out is there a workout near me it's it's still a thing well i, I mean i don't think it's an exaggeration to say writing that story changed my life i mean i had intended to go to one workout and write the story. I, uh, the cue the that day was Patino. He told me a year later, he thought I was going to die during the beatdown. He wasn't wrong. Uh, I had so much fun at the beatdown. I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go to three to write the story. And I thought, I'm, nah, you know, I think I better go to six to really write the story. Well, I think I need to go to six beatdowns. Then I turned the story in and just kept going. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's hilarious. I don't think I do that. That is awesome. Uh, so it, would you say six is the magic number? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I, the, the reason I use that six is a couple of reasons. That was kind of when the story was due. So then after that, it, uh, it didn't matter if I went anymore. But also I went on a, uh, a pretty gnarly hike after I'd been to six beat downs in the, in the Smoky Mountains. We climbed Crowder Mountain, which is the tallest peak mm. in Tennessee. Uh, in the Great yep. Smoke National Park is right on the Appalachian Trail. And it was a pretty, it was a, a hard hike where I had my my tent and uh, it's, I mean, it, we went from winter, it was snowing at the top oh, yeah. through fall, almost in the late summer as we went down and then back up the next day. Anyway, during that hike, I thought, wow, this isn't nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be. And I was clearly, and then I was thinking if I can do that damn F3 beat down, uh, six F3 beatdowns where I'd nearly puked my guts out or whatever. Surely I can keep hiking. Uh, no, I, I don't th I think six, I think if you've been to six, you're already hooked. I think it's, yeah. Different. So I just was thinking, uh, you know, my, the piece of advice to give FNGs, right. So as you're out there headlocking men, trying to get them to come, maybe you tell them, Hey, look, you're going to hate the first one, but three is the magic number. Right. And if you come to three, and you still don't like it, you never have to come back. But you got to come to three before you make that decision. Something like that, right? My, my, my guy, Blow Dry, uh, out of Afternoon Naperville, was telling me the other day, 
Um, you know, he's been working out in the gym with, uh, with some guys on the side, in addition to, to F3, but he's, he says, I'm, I'm EH and these guys. And I tell them they got to sign up for a month. They're not, they're not able to come out. I'm not letting them come out unless they're committing to a month. So, <laughs> wow. Good. Ralph, you were going to say something though. Yeah, I think it was, I say it was six, but I can't really remember the exact number, but at about the sixth workout, I felt like, oh, I think I did every exercise every motion or whatever, or, or at least almost, I could feel like I actually did that workout rather than I did like a third of it and watched that. <laughs> Instead of around panting for the rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that first one, I, I probably did a third of it maybe, you know, cause I was trying yeah. to quarter at the same time and pay attention to what was happening. I, I gave up keeping notes after 25 jumping jacks. So I, thought, I can't, I can't take it. Like, well, that's <laughs> stupid. Clearly these people are idiots. We're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. In fact, uh, maybe, you know, were you in that much better shape after six work, uh, workouts? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, probably at least some, right. But, uh, just like, again, we were talking a little bit before we, we started the podcast, started recording, uh, about grow ruck and how, you know, you, you, once you get that first one under your belt, it's all mental. Like it's a, you know, not all mental, but you know, there's a lot of it's mental. So once you've made it through those first three or four and you're like, Oh, I didn't die. Like, Oh yeah, sure. I can hike a mountain now. No problem. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm more durable than I thought I was. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Very good. Well, gentlemen, uh, as, as is the case, our, our format is a lot free flowing. We were joking about helmet time and, uh, and the way that I kind of approach a lot of things is, is, uh, what I often refer to as the Colin Powell principle, which is, you know, 60% of the information is plenty. Uh, to make a decision and to forge ahead. And so with about 60% of the information, we jumped in and, and uh, started doing these podcasts and, and trying to reboot the 43. Um, but uh, so we're going to kind of start with a, a little bit of a topic um, and, and we can kind of go around the horn or whatever it is. But I, as I was thinking about some of the things that, uh, you know, as far as who's joining us today, right. Um, and uh, Fib, uh, is, is the weasel shaker for the nation. Uh, that was you know, very much on purpose because he has a lot of skill set that I just don't possess. And, and despite my best efforts would never be very uh, good at um, in terms of organization and planning and some of those kinds of things. Um, but he's a kind of a unique blend too. He's got, he, he's got a good planning mind, but he also has a good, uh, a good sense of how to get out to that 30,000 foot view and give a lot of vision. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been great working with him, but um He's one of the guys, one of, uh, although I haven't done it in a couple of days, if I'm being honest, uh, that I have to send my, my weight to, um, in order to keep it in, in control. Right. Uh, and part of that is because, uh, he has interest in things, uh, with regard to that, that other guys don't like he's focused on certain kinds of things in terms of queen, you know, whereas other guys are more focused on King. Right. So I keep myself accountable by doing these things. Um, but those kinds of guardrails are part of what keep us, uh, on track. Right. And so one of the things that I think we do a, a reasonably good job in F3, uh, of putting guardrails around ourselves to get to workouts, right? We, we maybe text a buddy or we throw it out on our, our region Slack or something, or, uh, sometimes I tweet <laughs> and, and I, I say I'm tweeting to everybody, but really I'm tweeting to myself, That's you right. know, right. To say like, Oh, you guys better get ready for tomorrow. So-and-so is going to kick our butts. And really all I'm saying is like, um, if I don't show up, please remember to harass me. Cause <laughs> right. But, um, 
but building guardrails around the first F is, is not that hard. Uh, and, and around queen, you know, is, 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 is easy as well. Cause I can, I can send my weight to these guys and I can, I can even track my food and whatever. But one of the places that I think we struggle to put guardrails or understand how to put guardrails in is around our gestures, right? So if we look at the King, queen and jester, um, you know, that, that particular temptation of the flesh, uh, that, trips us up that keeps us from accelerating or even more so causes us to decelerate right it, it throws us in a in a weird spot where we're um you know where we're, we're going down instead of uh, instead of accelerating and so i wanted to kind of just explore that a little bit and uh and kind of a why that is and what is that and and i know that that some of the easy things we you know we all point to we know what uh and if you're depending on your faith tradition, you know, you may call it sin, you may call it just poor behavior, but you know what maladaptive behaviors are. I mean, no one sits around going, oh, yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, gluttony, whether you believe it a sin or not. Right. <laughs> I think gluttony is great. I think we should just eat as much as we want, you know, or, oh, yeah, no, no. I, we should drink as much alcohol as we can possibly get our hands on. Right. Nobody sits around going, oh, that's a great idea. Right. And so there are certain things that we can point to that it's obvious that it would cause any man to decelerate. Right. But that may not be the thing that trips you up, you know, that keeps you from uh, being able to get ahead. It might be, but it might not be. Right. So I think rather than pointing at those those things that are kind of the obvious, you know, that would trip any man, there are sometimes the things that are are below the surface. And that's where I think the gestures really lie. Um, and so I, I just kind of want to throw out there and say, like, well, number one, anybody who feels comfortable uh, telling me what what they think that is for them. Uh, by all means. But then the other part of that is, is, you know, whether you share exactly what it is or not, what kinds of guardrails are we building to keep ourselves in line there? Like, how, how do we do that? And, and even more so, maybe how do we identify what the gesture is in the first place? Yeah, I'd say um, for me, mine's anger. Uh, something hmm. I've, I've shared in, you know, COT a few times, and it's something that, uh, you know, I am constantly trying to work on and figure out um, how to put in place the right guardrails, um, whether that's with, you know, guys in my shield lock or, you know, it's with my M uh, or I think it's just understanding, you know, my, my emotions and, and the triggers that, that cause it. Um, so that's, that's what it is for me. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's called a gesture for a reason. <laughs> For sure. How, how did you kind of come to that point where you were like, where, I mean, because anybody, if, if they let anger, you know, rule them, I mean, certainly is going to have a problem. But how, how did you kind of come to that realization of this happens, I get angry, and then everything else just kind of falls to crap? Like, when did you start noticing those patterns? Yeah. I mean, it's for, it's, it's definitely throughout my entire life. Um, and not until, you know, I was probably in my, um, I don't know, low to mid thirties. Did I really start realizing that it was something that I needed to, to focus on? Cause it wasn't okay. It just, when did you get married? Uh, I got married when I was 25. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I was going to say, did this, did this realization come to you right after you got married? <laughs> uh, it was, it was more of a denial thing. I think at that point. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, Go ahead, yeah. 
I think, you know, mid, middle thirties, you know, especially when your kids are young and, you know, you're, you're really getting to that, uh, I guess that, that F3, you know, stage of life, right. Where, where men are originally jumping into to F3. So gosh, I wish I had F3 back then. Uh, but it's, uh, it's funny, uh, and, and things come up for a reason now, cause this has been something that I've been, Oh, let's see three, four, four years ish that I've been really, um, more focused on this. Um, I got a, a book called the book of virtues and my intent in that book was to, they're, they're short stories, a uh, guy by the name of William Bennett. Uh, so short stories about leaders throughout all of history, um, you know, includes, you know, some in biblical times and some just great leaders. Um, so uh, purpose of it was not, not, I'm like, I'm not going to read this myself. I'm going to read this for my son. I got a seven-year-old and I got two older, uh, older daughters that are 14 and 11. So this would be a great thing for us to do every night before go to bed. One of the first stories I read is about Genghis Khan. And, you know, he's a great king and leader. And, um, you know, there's a preface of it, you know, of, of Thomas Jefferson. And it says, you know, Thomas Jefferson was talking about whenever, you know, anger entered his life, it was either counting to, you know, 10 or if you're really angry, counting to 100. So they go on and tell the story of Genghis Khan, great leader and king and he uh, he's got a, a hawk, uh, I guess, you know, that he was riding on his horse and this hawk, you know, would sit on his arm. You know, they must have gone into a battle and went on a, uh, uh, you know, a quick journey. They landed at a spot where they can take a break. And uh, he gets out his his, uh, you know, aluminum or metal, whatever water cup and goes fill, goes to fill it up in a stream that's that's coming down from, uh, you know, a mountain. So he starts filling up the water and it's dripping really slowly. So I'll try not to drag the story out because uh, I could if I wanted to. You're but, doing fine so far. Cool. Uh, anyway, uh, fills up the water, you know, drip by drip. Hawk comes flying in, knocks the cup out of his hand. Not happy with that. You know, this is his best friend. It's his hawk. Goes back, starts to fill it up again. Fills it up all the way to the top. Tastes forever. Hawk comes flying in, knocks the cup out of his hands. And he's pissed. It's like, what the heck is this hawk doing? So he's like, I'm going to show him third time, fills it up. I'm not going to fill it up all the way. I'm going to fill it up halfway just so I can get some water without having to do this again. Again, hawk comes flying in and he's, he says to himself, well, at this point, you know, this is the third time that he's done, pulls out his sword, knocks the hawk out of the sky, you know, but the hawk did get the water and the cup cups knocked out off to the side Hawk is dead, lying on the ground, um, and he just killed his his best friend. Climbs up uh, the the mountain to get to the source of the water because at this point he doesn't have the hawk to deal with, and he can just scoop the water up in the cup and drink away. What does he see in the in the uh, area where the the water's coming from? One of the most poisonous snakes you'll ever find. So. His, his best friend, the hawk that he just killed, was trying to save his life because obviously a hawk being up high can see that poisonous snake in the water. So that was, for me, it was just a, a constant uh, you know, reminder that that's something I need to continue to focus on. Like one of the first stories I read in this book to my son, so that was pretty powerful. Mm. Interesting. Gmo, you're up there processing. 
as, as you are wont to do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to just share a little bit too. Thanks, uh, Fib. I, I appreciate it. It's like you just never know what's going on around you and, and who's trying to protect you. And, and talking about what you are trying to solve or figure out is always something that uh, I'm working on, just being a little bit more vulnerable and, and, and humble. Um, for me, I was, you know, my strengths, uh, I think if we focus on our strengths, um, we have an easier time of life and we're really focused on more the positive than trying to fix the things or um, improve the things maybe that are more difficult. Um, my uh, top strengths are achiever, analytical, as well as relator. So while I'm very kind of transactional and strategy, okay, how do we pick that apart and uh, make those improvements or how do we progress to the strategy? I also like to know one-on-one -on -one, uh, who a guy is, who somebody I'm talking to. I always want to go deep into what's going well in your life, you know, what's not going well in your life. Um, and through, through that, and the reason I bring this up is because for me to talk about, you know, my jester or my sin, I'm always trying to figure out what is the root? What is the cause of this? And so I've done a, a lot of, you know, therapy, a lot of spiritual direction, and um, my root sin uh, is pride. And I think that's pretty common mm. for most men. Um, and so there's, there's three root sins, a pride, vanity, as well as sensuality. Um, oh, I have all those. Yeah. yeah. We all have a lot of those. It's like <laughs> you, you do this kind of test and you realize, okay, this is the one for me. Sure. And so a lot of, a lot of right. things right. manifest from, from pride. You know, things like, a too, do I have a too high opinion of myself? Am I annoyed for, with people that contradict me? You know, I hate to be disrespected. Um, do I deserve this? Um, and so part of what I have to always work on is number one, taking care of myself so that I am more balanced. Um, I'm feeling the love from my sky cue, from God, from Jesus. And, um, that is enough to fill me up to where I don't look for things that are going to give me, uh, you know, um, pleasure, um, and things that I'm looking for that uh, are going to, you know, just really spark up that pride. Um, so for me, you know, this is great. It's a great conversation topic because the antidote to pride is humility. And, um, you know, for me, most of my uh, life, uh, porn has been my jester. And I remember the first time I saw it in my grandpa's workshop, he had the toolbox door open and there was a calendar there. And I think of that, I can see that almost like it's just right in front of me right now. And it's been... Uh, you know, something I've uh, struggled with uh, for a very long time. I, I kept very secret. Um, I wasn't part of F3 at the time, but I was being a mascot. And so I, I basically told my wife um, because it was something that I felt like she needed to know, um, which sent our marriage into uh, the stratosphere um, and just kind of roof popped off. And I was confused because I thought, well, just don't all men do this. And, uh, I didn't realize, and it's, it's kind of a, a bumbling idiot kind of move, um, how hurt she would be. Um, I didn't cheat on her, but certainly I was, um, I was emotionally cheating on her. And the, probably the most humbling moment for me was going to marriage counseling, thank God. Um, and I had to read to her in front of this counselor my porn story. So from the first time I saw it through my whole life, um, and just be that vulnerable with her. And it was, um, I still, I just got the chills just thinking about it. 
But talk about the antidote uh, to pride. Uh, that was certainly uh, a crushing moment, but I look back on it as something that uh, it gave me strength. It gave me uh, the tenacity to say, hey, I, I realize how much I've hurt her and I can't go back there. And so for me, it's a, a lot of putting those guardrails around, um, understanding what my triggers are, um, understanding, you know, I've got a shield lock this last year. So just being like you're, you're checking in with your weight. It's like, hey, if I feel the urge, um, number one, what is it that I'm going through right now that my pride is taking over? And then secondly, the minute I share it, that I'm even thinking about it or I'm pulled in that direction, um, it kind of goes away. It gets diffused because those guys I know love me. I can spread the weight of what I'm going through. Um, and they're going to say it's not okay. And uh, you don't want to go there. Um, so that's, uh, that's been one that I've really, um, I wouldn't say I've conquered, but it's, it's something that um, is just kind of always right here. And if I don't manage the things around close to me, it can get through. And uh, you can just kind of feel it be a trigger and you can feel the cogs kind of clink and things go into gear. And all of a sudden, you know, there's a point of no return. So how do I prevent that? Uh, further up in my thought process and who I'm surrounding myself with. Did it take you a while to to recognize when those cogs are starting to to fit? Yeah. How, how did you How did you identify that? Um, Is it know, a feeling I, inside? Is it just a mental thing? What happens? It's it's before that probably. So I, I've done this program called Strive 21. It's a free 21 day detox, and it would work for any kind of gesture, because it really starts with understanding um, what your unhealthy behaviors are, what your healthy behaviors are, uh, what are your setbacks, um, and then so you start to think about number one, it's being disrespected, arguing with my wife, being bored, being alone. Um, feeling entitled, um, uh, social media, um, even, you know, watching TV, um, the commercials, uh, what they're trying to pull you into. I can just feel those cogs clinking. And so I pretty much stripped out social media, except for everything that has F3 around it. We both, GMO. I don't watch much TV. Um, I try and stay busy um, because I'm not on social media and I don't watch much TV. I've got a lot of time to yeah. you know, get a lot done. Um, um, I'm shocked to yeah. hear you say that social media might cause anger, Fib. I can't. I don't understand what you're saying. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll shut up now right. for a little bit. Yeah. No, no, you're good. I was, I was messing, but, um, <clears throat> so a couple things that you said in there that I, that I thought were interesting and intriguing. One is, is, um, that a burden, there's a quote I like, you know, a, uh, a burden shared is half a burden. The joy shared is twice the joy. You've, you've heard that one. Mm -hmm. And so the, that point of a shield lock, being able to spread that burden uh, across several men uh, is helpful. Ralph, you look like you had something you wanted to say. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm always impressed by GMO. I've heard like bits and pieces of his story, but it takes a lot of courage to, to tell it. I mean, especially, you know, frankly, you're, face is right there and your name is out there and this is it's not in a shield lock it's not in cot it's it's public like how i mean that doesn't happen overnight how did you get to the point where you could talk about it so openly i number one i don't want to waste my pain 
I wanted to turn into something that others might be able to benefit from. I, I share pretty openly, as you know. Uh, again, it's not my pride. It's not about me. It's just because I love the other man. I love the other person more than I love myself. And why would I protect myself when it can help someone else not maybe make the same mistakes, not go down the wrong path, recognize, hey, here's what can happen if you make these bad decisions. So, um, I, you know, a lot of men have the shield up. They, they are ready to do battle. So sharing any of this information is something that somebody could use against me. But the more it's out there, the more it diffuses that it's an issue. And I know this topic is extremely common across, you know, most all men, you know. So how can I go first? Um, how can I show if, you know, I just mentioned it and somebody's like, I can't believe you just said that out loud. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that had that issue. Right. Maybe I can reach out to him and maybe he would share a little bit of how he conquered that. Um, so it's really just about helping people accelerate, you know, in the F3 terms, it's, it's helping people recover from, you know, past damage and letting them know they're loved. And, and if, if I can do it, I totally believe anybody can, can do it. So, yeah. Interesting that you go ahead. I was just going to say, the more I share it, the more the antidote that I have. Uh, to prevent it from happening. Um, the other thing is putting it out there holds you accountable, kind of like the whetstone relationship. So the more I share it, the more I can't be a mascot and sink back into that. So it's yeah. almost I'm sharing it, but it's helping me in return. Can't, you can't hide back there. Yeah. You, you said something that, uh, wow, that, I mean, really hit me right between the eyes. And you said, I don't want to waste that pain. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah, it, it is. And, um, you know, there was about 10 years ago that I had a, uh, you know, and that was the pretty a low point in, in, in porn, looking at it uh, in the bed next to my wife. And it was because I was extremely depressed and I had a crash and burn and I had to go into a, a mental ward for about six weeks. And I look back on that time uh, where I was contemplating my demise as the both the worst point of my life because I had a panic attack at work where you've got the shields up because it's political. You're trying to move up the corporate ladder. I feel like SkyQ God took me down because I was going to hurt myself. And he, at the ambulance at work, my boss was leaning over me and said, oh, I had no clue what's going on. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. It was back in 2009. Uh, during that, you know, all the crash and everything. And um, I look back on that time uh, with a lot of um, uh, gratitude, to be honest, is both the worst time as well as the best time because it flipped the switch for me to um, do something so humiliating, be in that position to just say that nothing could be worse than that for a man at work. Uh, to be seen as so weak and then be gone for six weeks to recover and then showing back up at work where people knew I was gone and they knew this situation happened um, was uh, a jolt for, for that humility and for me to become, you know, more the man, the, the mascot costume was ripped off. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's, it was a great, great experience. I wouldn't have changed it. I won't change it. Let, let, let me jump. You just said something there that I was, uh, frankly, hoping you were going to say, uh, you know, in the course of my job as a writer, I often uh, profile people 
uh, and write about whatever tragedy has happened in their life. And then the story is about how they faced and overcame the tragedy. And I've heard so many people say, as horrible as that was, I would not go back and change it because it made me the man or the woman uh, that I am today. And the first, I don't know, 10 times I heard that I was shocked and then I stopped becoming shocked. Mm-hmm. I frankly, I'm still not sure I completely understand it. Uh, and I'm wondering if you can like explain why you wouldn't give back the misery that you've been through. Because I was miserable. And this was the jolt to pull me out of that misery. I mean, when you're hiding like that with your wife or you're dealing with pride or vanity, you're not becoming the best version of yourself. In fact, you're, you're way less than. So if I want to be able to better serve my marriage, my wife, my kids, my community, that kind of behavior had to stop. Yeah, but it, uh, why wouldn't you have just skipped that whole portion of your life so you didn't have the thing that you had to overcome in the first place? Uh, I think, you know, just like what we learned with, um, you know, leadership, you know, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. So I'm happy. I wish it had happened sooner. That's part of why, like the F3 and the Grow Rock, you get people that, that are crushed. And so I look at it as a way to, you know, create this um, experience uh, that is going to be a rite of passage uh, so that you can mature, you can improve, you're ready to serve your community or other men or your marriage um, differently than you would if you hadn't had that experience. Yeah. You, oh, um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I would have kept loving myself and, and I wouldn't be able to overflow into others if I hadn't been emptied completely. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me tell yeah. you a, a GMO story too, real quick. Just, I, I think this All right. just uh, illustrates uh, uh, his love for the packs and the way uh, he activates that. <laughs> we were at a cafeteria. I'm not going to say the guy's name because I just I'm not I, I don't want to say who it was because it's it's uh, but it was uh, a, one of the packs first couple of workouts. He was still sort of getting a feel for uh, F3 and GMO on this podcast is GMO at a COT is GMO at cafeteria. <laughs> He radiates. Yeah. Right? He, that's what he's like. When I call him a magnet, I really mean that. He draws people. And so this new Pax was talking and uh, he was struggling a little bit in life and he used the word depression once. And you would have thought he grabbed, like, G, like stuck his hand in the GMO's heart and pulled out and there it was pulsating. Because I know for a fact that GMO called him, what, Five minutes after Coffee Terry GMO, you know the story I'm telling. And that guy is uh, one of the strongest, most capable packs we have now. His life has been changed. And maybe it still happens without that Coffee Terry, but I honestly, I, I don't think it does. Certainly not in the way that it does. I mean, even his wife, like GMO, you probably don't know this, but she talks about you uh, in a positive way. So, uh, that, I mean, it was just amazing. Like coffee ended. I don't think the guy was home yet. <laughs> How did you even get his number? I don't you know. I never even thought to ask. I, I, first of all, the GMO is also all knowing. You didn't know, but it's uh, GMO. I assume you know who I'm talking about. And like, yeah. so me, like what happens in your heart and your mind that you, you didn't even think about it. You just did it. 
I think the deepest human need is a sense of belonging. Um, that's why, you know, solitary confinement is such torture. So for me, it's letting a guy, another person know they matter, um, to know that they're not alone. Uh, like I felt for 45 years of my life. I don't think I had a friend. Um, I didn't really have any connections at all. Barely, I would say, with my wife even, um, unfortunately. Uh, it was very transactional, the business of life, the business of raising kids. And and so for me, it just this situation I was describing just broke me open um, to say, you are not alone. Uh, that can't happen. There's bad stuff that happens when you're isolated. Um, and I'm here to offer a hand. Um, and so I'm, I'm filled up, dude. <laughs> it overflows um, pretty easily in my life. Yeah. Thank God. Well, you, you can't well, give uh, except for what you have in abundance, exactly. right? Yep. Well, Go ahead, Ralph. addendum to that, it, GMO didn't know the guy. I mean, that, that was the first time he had met him. So it's not like they right. had first time met, yeah. relationship. Yeah, it was the, they, they, they met that day and he was calling him. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> fanboy <clears throat> excuse me i had a little something in my throat there um no, yeah, I'm just <laughs> hey, unashamedly right <laughs> oh heck yeah well that's that's why we invite the guys on here that we invite because these are the people that that we love and respect and and look at as the examples for how we we want to be you know and try and be and that's that's what the 43 i think is all about phoebe made a lot of uh uh knowing nods in there as gmo was talking what what, what do you what's what's that about I mean, I, I think um, just the I, I was one in awe of, you know, the ability to throw that all out there. Um, you know, uh, that's not that's not me. I'm not at that point in my life uh, where I can just <laughs> throw all my bad stuff out there. Uh, I wish I could. But, you know, I, I have I have some of those guards up still. I say anger, but, you know, I. Um, you know, I know what some of those triggers are, especially, you know, uh, I think GMO, you talked about, um, uh, pride. Uh, I think, you know, that's, that's a big one for me too. Um, you know, and, you know, my kids, when they're not listening, that's, you know, that that's uh, Hey, you're disrespecting me. So that's a chip I've had on my shoulder since I was a kid. Um, so th th that's where a lot of those nods were. Um, but I'm certainly not uh, on GMO's level where I can say, look, you know, here's all the, here's, you know, here's, here's the, the one thing that I would love to throw out to, to everybody else. Um, I don't that's, think that's required. No, I'm, I'm not saying it is required. I'm saying I, I wish I could get myself to that point. So maybe, uh, given GMO a call after, after the podcast, I was going to say it would probably happen five minutes after we hang up. Right. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, good. Me too. I mean, I, I put something about this on, on our Slack channel that we're sort of having this contest who can do the nicest things for their wife and their kids. And I put on there, I, I, I hereby forfeit all my points because I volcanically bit my kid's head off. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have uh, two daughters as well, and also 14 and 11. I, I don't have a, a seven-year-old son, but uh, I, uh, I was surprised when I first had kids – uh, you know, I knew I would like them. I didn't know how I, uh, and I knew I would love them. I didn't know how much, I didn't know how powerful that was. And when they got to that age where they can piss you off, I had no, I was not prepared for that. No. Like, there's been a couple of times, you know, like the, the shield lock guys that I, that I meet with, there's been a couple of times where like words come out of my mouth about my own kids. And I, I'm like, I can't believe I just said that about my own kids. Mm. And I, and some of that is, it's good to recognize and, 
you know, the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It says, you know, be angry, but do not sin. So there's, you know, there's, it, it, I, I don't know where any of those lines are. Uh, but yeah, the, it's baffling to me, like how you can love somebody. Yeah. And and they also want to murder them. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You know, I think that uh, this is a a good, well, this is good all the way around for us to share. And, and, you know, you guys mentioned pride a couple of times Uh, and, and, you know, dread mentions it in Q source and things like that too, that pride is kind of that, the father of them all, if you will. And in connecting those things and saying, okay, well, how in the world is pride connected to, uh, you know, what GMO was talking about, you know, porn or something, or how is pride connected to anger? How is pride connected to, you know, for me, uh, I, I really struggle with, um, need for approval, you know, particularly from men that I respect. Right. And, and if I don't get that, or if I, if I feel like I'm, you know, in that, in that place, I, you know, I turn around, suck my thumb and I won't post and I'll cry my, you know, like a baby or whatever. Right. And, uh, and so, but where, you know, how is pride, you know, this guy has a very struggles a lot with, uh, just feeling like an abject failure in, in most every way in his life. Right. I mean, that's, that's, it's a thing, right. Uh, that you fight and overcome a lot, but how does pride play into these things? Why, why is it that pride is, is the connector? Well, it sounds like, um, the manifestation of vanity. So one of the things there is seeking admiration and praise, worrying about not getting it is the first thing under vanity. So I think it's just uh, a little, maybe a little bit of reflection on what is the root sin and, and then how does yeah. that manifest? Yeah. And, and I was thinking also that, um, you know, when you, or the way that I, I guess I've sort of processed it in my head is that the idea that pride being that I know better, than, than he who made me, right? That somehow I, my opinion of me or my opinion of these things is better than, than that, you know, in, in, in GMO's case, right? Like, so thinking, oh, that my pride says, oh no, I can, I can do these things and it'll be okay. You know, or I can, I can handle I, this or I can whatever, right? That, that is about me, me, me. Yeah. And I, I, I think it all gets, like it's a, a big knot of confusion too, because desiring to please people is a natural human thing. Yeah. It's there, there's nothing, that's not a sin. You know, no. I mean, one of the, the, one of the pinnacle moments in the Bible is, uh, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant, you know, come now and enjoy the rest I've prepared for you. Well, if, if that's like a, a story that we're told, of course, we're going to want the admiration and the whatever of our peers. But I, I, as a writer, I, that's one of my biggest struggles. I had to quit Twitter because I would put a story out on Twitter and just sit back and wait for yeah. the board, uh, of my name to give me them likes, baby. And so I, I realized, and then I was judging myself. How many, how many people talked about this story on Twitter? How many people retweeted it? How many people commented on it? So yeah, I, that's, that's, just, that's just my own vanity writ large. Uh, yeah. I just quit. It's funny you say that. I think that's one of the reasons I stay in um, because I like, no, no, <clears throat> that sounded worse than I meant it. Um, but uh, not just the, you know, not because it's praise to me, but I, I actually am finding that I 
I like saying something and getting no response because it keeps me in the right headspace of like, you know, helmet. <laughs> it's not like the world is going to be, Oh, he's so brilliant. Like there's so many good things he says. Like, no, that's not a thing. Like, <laughs> you know? like what is that? I don't know. Right. So I, I, I like putting it out there then, and you know, somebody likes it. Great. Somebody doesn't like it, whatever. And that's why, you know, like the other mornings as I'm tweeting to myself saying, you know, pretending that I'm tweeting to the nation, but really tweeting to myself saying, Hey, get your fat butt, sit up, put your feet on the floor, stand up, put your shoes on, get your butt out the door. Right. And I'm saying it to everybody, but I'm saying it to me because that's, it's, it's sort of this weird, uh, it's part of how I fight that need for approval. It's like you were saying, GMO, like, um, you know, the only way I'm going to get stronger against this. And one of the ways I'm going to have some guardrails against the, things is if I continue to do, uh, you know, like, like dread says in Q source, right. I continue to subject myself to mm-hmm. these tough things. I continue to subject myself to failure and throw myself into it and race it and go ahead and fail over and over and over. And not that you want to continue to fail forever. Right. But when it's productive failure, when you're, when you're using it in order to strengthen yourself, right. it's, you know, it's working muscles to failure versus screwing something up and then never trying again. Yeah, the other thing I, I try and uh, game I play with myself, it's not really a game actually, but when I get a compliment, um, that can feed the monster, the pride monster. Mm. Um, so it's a bit of a switch in, in how I receive it because I need to receive it so I can give it back. But I also just say, hey, you know, thanks be to God, or, you know, I do this, I have this skill for the greater glory of God, you know, my CIQ. Um, it's for Him. Um, it's not for me because if it were for me, it would feed that monster. I would need more of it. So I just try and stay very yeah. uh, low, but also not so low that it beats me down and I need to kind of get this gratification or expect this kind of thing. In well, it's, it's, it's like a lot of those, and now Ralph, I saw you move there, but uh, it's like a lot of those things where there always has to be in leadership, this healthy tension mm-hmm. between the, the opposite things. It, it's never a set it and forget it. You can't just be one way and then just be, and then, you know, whatever. There's always this give and take and this tension. It's always a dance versus a, yeah. you know, a, a march, right? Go ahead, mm-hmm. Ralph. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, GMO, if I'm uh, blowing too much sunshine up here. You are. Right. <laughs> it's starting to make me sick, but go ahead. I, can, <laughs> I would tell a story about what a jerk you are, but frankly, I don't know any. <laughs> The SLT might think I'm a jerk. (laughs) Uh, I love it. That's funny. You go to to that healthy tension. Um, You know, uh, the nation's milkman, F3, Bob Ross, and I go back and forth because he, he corrected me one day when he gave me a compliment and I, you know, I kind of denied it and blew it off. Um, which, you know, you know, for the, for the giver of the comment, that's, that's terrible, right? You know, Hey, look, I, I took the time to give you a compliment because I saw something great in what you did yeah. and, and you denied it almost, you, you blew it off. So, yeah. uh, that's, that's another thing that I've been trying to be cognizant of lately is just say thank you and, you know, move on. Cause that, that way you're, you got a good give and take with the person giving it to you. Yeah, no, it's, that's very true. And then, you know, like dread tweets a lot and, you know, hashtag honored, right. You know, that's his, his way of kind of saying, okay, uh, thanks, I guess. I don't, you know, yeah. cause we were talking yesterday. Uh, I shouldn't say it was yesterday cause who knows when this is going to play, but, uh, on one of the, <laughs> one of the podcasts that, you know, that, that, uh, all, all great men, I've, at least this is something 
feel like I'm noticing uh, lately and that I'm hopefully embracing to the point where I may be called a great man one day. Um, but that uh, all great men are sort of, you know, just, just doing what felt like the right thing to do that was presented to them in the moment. You know, there wasn't like some grand plan. There wasn't like some kind of, ah, this is, and now I will make this strategic move. Like, no, nah, I mean, there's some of that, I guess, you know, probably, but the chances are good that, that most of the time it was just, man, well, I don't deserve the compliment. That's why we feel that way sometimes, right? I don't feel, I don't deserve the compliment. I just happen to be the guy standing here who did it because it felt like the right thing to do when I was standing here. Could have been anybody, right? but it wasn't. You know, it's not that I'm so great or that I'm so brilliant, but it's, I think it's more that I'm, uh, I'm willing, mm-hmm. you know, that if I, I leave myself open and that's part of that, that shuffling off pride as well, right. Is to, to leave myself willing. Um, and, and the way we refer to that in F3, obviously is that somebody, you know, is to always be willing to be that somebody, uh, and have it in there. Well, gents, uh, we're kind of coming up up on the, the end of our time. And, and I, I hope that as PAX listen, one of the things I wanted to kind of, uh, I guess sort of reemphasizes that we talked about some specific things here today uh, with regard to us or with regard to, you know, certain kinds of situations, but you could easily remove the situation or the particular thing, plug in yours and find that it's exactly the same. Uh, It's exactly the same. And so it's, it's easy to sort of generalize this whether, so, you know, whether that's your faith is of a certain kind, doesn't matter unplug that one, plug yours in, right? The temptation is, is this versus that. Okay, fine. Unplug that one and then plug yours in. Um, because the, the pattern is, <laughs> is basically the same, right? I mean, it, we all sat here nodding a lot, you know, watching, going, oh yeah, yeah, that's, you know, exactly. You know, I don't have the same challenge that, that, uh, that fib does. I don't get, uh, angry very often, uh, anymore. Um, it just isn't a thing that, that trips me up in the same way. Um, and, but boy, you, everything he said totally applies to, to where I trip up, you know, and those things. And I think Gmo, you, you really brought up a, a, a good point. Actually, all of us did, but, uh, but that the job now is not to, you know, worry so much about where mine is or how I manage mine, but it's to go ahead and, and man, I just, I really love that phrase that, you know, not waste the pain is not waste the pain and go ahead and lift another man and reach in and, and grab hold and not let him trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly embrace and live, not just at a workout, not even just in a, you know, in a, a, a glib kind of, Oh yeah, we believe that, but really truly not leave a man behind and refuse to let him stay where you found him. That is a, that's a tough deal, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to, to things like this gesture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in, in 43 foot fashion, uh, I'm going to ask you a question guys. Will you do something for me today? Absolutely. Will you be the leader? Yar. <laughs> Count on it. Aye, aye. Absolutely. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, We'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com 
or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time.